the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. All right, well, we've had a very interesting night tonight on Contending for the Faith. If you have been listening from the 7 o'clock hour, you may notice that we had a partial re-airing of last week's program due to a mix-up in the studio. Uh, There was no engineer, and so we had to kind of uh, figure out what was going to happen, and so we allowed them to air the first part of last week's episode, but we're live right now, so we're going to have Dr. Buckner pick up with tonight's new message so that he can uh, give you part two, at least, of that message. Are you ready to go, Dr. Buckner? Uh, Yes, Brother Gary, I'm ready to go. All right, take it away. We're going to give you part two in our new series, The Different Storms God Allows in Our Lives. So here we go. Thank you, Brother Gary, and thank you, uh, everybody out there in Radio Land. And again, we apologize for the mishap here, and we look forward to uh, God uh, working in a mighty way with Contending for the Faith and speaking to your hearts. And we want to encourage you to get to a table with your pens and paper and especially your Bible. Uh, we are talking about uh, the different storms that God allows in our life, the different storms that God allows in our life. And uh, everybody, uh, every day uh, in our lives, uh, from the womb to the tomb, all of us are going to face some type of storm. The big issue is not the storm, but what is God trying to say to you and teach you in the storm? The big issue is not the storm, but how you respond to the storm. The big issue is not the storm, but what are the teaching lessons God is trying to teach you in the storm of life? Now listen, uh, and this is by way of introduction, that a rainbow never comes before the storm, but after the storm. There is a purpose in each storm in our life, and there are rainbows of blessings that will come after every storm in your life. You just got to keep the faith, my brothers and sisters, and Hold on, let or actually let God hold on to you because his grip is stronger than yours. God always has a way of cleansing the earth after each storm. And this works with our lives too. He has a way of cleansing our lives after every storm. He has a way of purifying our lives after every storm in our life. Now, Uh, In the body of my message, I want to talk about there are seven storms that God allows in our life. Seven storms that God allows in our life. Now, I chose seven, the number seven, because seven stands for, in the Bible, two things, completion and perfection. Completion and perfection. So let's uh, keep things off Uh, with these seven storms that God allows in our life, let's kick things off with number one. Number one. Now, write this down so you can have it and you can be blessed as well as share it with others. Number one, there are storms in our lives that we create. Let me say that again. There are storms in our life uh, that we create and this first storm that we that God uh, 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 we have in our lives, uh, God has nothing to do with it, and you can't blame God for this storm that you create, that we create. 
An example, Adam created the first storm of the human race. The first storm, Adam created the first storm of the human race by disobeying God's word uh, to not eat of the forbidden fruit. God told him not to eat of the forbidden fruit. And after he had sinned and fallen, he blamed God and said in Genesis 3, the woman that thou gavest to be with me, she gave me other fruit and I did eat. Now, in other words, God, if you hadn't given me Eve, I wouldn't have never sinned. So what is he doing? He's blaming God and uh, he's blaming the woman. And the blame game has been going on ever since this has been going on in our lives today, the blame game. And we got to be really careful about this because the enemy has so many ways of getting us so many different ways. Now, um, uh, another example of the storms in the Bible that uh, we create and, and mankind has created and engineered by their own foolish and disobedience to God, that is the kind of storm that Jonah got into when he tried to flee from the presence of God. We see in in the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, even the ungodly, listen to this carefully, even the ungodly men on that ship with Jonah knew uh, and had enough common sense uh, to know that Jonah created this storm, you know. And there's a lot of storms in our lives, my friends, that we just create, you know, and we just uh, labor in it, and we just create a mess in our life. We get more into a mess than the message. And this is what happened with Jonah. He created this storm, and these uh, ungodly people, they had enough common sense to know that Jonah created this storm. And they weren't responsible for creating this storm, nor uh, their so-called God that they believed in created this storm. They had enough common sense to know that Jonah's God was angry with him and that he was responsible for creating this storm. And they confronted Jonah as ungodly men and said, we are not going to die with you. And they threw him uh, overboard. Now, listen, it is really something else when the world or ungodly people confront the church going folks who are living lives of hypocrisy, uh, living lives after one foot in the church and then another foot in the clubs, drinking, getting drunk as a skunk, fornicating, adultery, uh, into wokeism, into abortion, into all sorts of uh, pornography. And sometimes when an ungodly person sees a church going folks, they'll confront you, just like these ungodly men did with Jonah. Oh, I thought you going to church every Sunday. You're going to church every Sunday, and you're acting like the world. See, God has a way of sometimes speaking through ungodly people to try to get you to wake up, get us to wake up. And these ungodly men threw Jonah overboard, and he got... Uh, on God's sea. You know, it's a dangerous thing when you're dealing with God's land, but when you're dealing with God's sea, uh, it's a dangerous thing too because God can do anything he can on land and sea, but God decided to prepare a big fish and he swallowed up Jonah and took him on a submarine ride. How about that? Took him on a submarine ride and there is an old Nazarene hymn that goes like this. He never compels us to go. He never compels us to go. He never compels us to go against our wills. But when he gets through with you, you're going to be willing to go, my friend. And all of you who are listening tonight to this message, we're tuned in to this message. You know what? going on with Jonah and going on with most of us, uh, you can title the book of Jonah like this. God is a God of pursuit, pursuing 
He's pursuing Jonah. And he's pursuing you too, just like he did with Jonah. He's pursuing you to bring you to a place of confession and repentance and to turn your life over to him as Lord and Savior of your life. So let the God of pursuance come and pursue you. Quit running from God. There's a lot of people out there today listening to this message. You're running from God in so many different ways. You're running from God from the Bible, reading the Bible. You're running from God and praying. You're running from God and not going to church. You're running from God and not tithing, giving, giving, uh, you know, to God. You're running from God in so many different ways. Even being committed to him as Lord of your life, tonight is a new beginning for you to let God pursue you and not be a Jonah because God has a way of swallowing you up too in so many different ways to get your attention. He has so many different ways to take you to the woodshed to wake you up. So we're going to have a prayer of confession and repentance right now. I want you to pray with me on this prayer. Dear God, I ask you to forgive me for running away from you. I ask you to forgive me and renew me, restore me, and just empower me to serve you, Lord. I repent of my sins, and I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you, Lord, for pursuing me, because that means that you love me and you care about me. And Lord, you said through the Apostle John in 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You will have a heavy burden on your life when you've done something wrong and you fail the Lord and others. God said that he will cleanse you from all sins if you confess your sins right now. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches and Brother Gary. All right, it's time for us to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay. If you have questions about your faith in Christ, theology, doctrine, or the cults, call us now, 888-FOR-KFAX. That's 888-367-5329. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith. If you've been tuning in since 7 o'clock, you may have been wondering what on earth is going on. Well, we had a little mishap this tonight. The enemy is always busy and creating confusion. And it says it seemed like dates were misapplied and uh, they ran uh, last week's episode and then realized we're doing a live show tonight. So we were able to call the right people and we're back in the saddle live right now. So we're going to be on the air till about 8.30. So it's not too late for you to call in with your questions, your comments. You can reach us at 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 1-888-367-5329. So go ahead, take that phone up and give us a call. We're here to answer your questions, to dialogue with Dr. Buckner, to uh, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. So we just want to encourage you. Tonight's a little strange. But that's okay. Nothing surprises the Lord. And we, we know that whatever the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn it around for good. So we're going to be on the air till 830. Who knows? Somebody who normally wouldn't be listening at 830 is going to get a good dose of contending for the faith tonight. So we're excited to see what God's going to do and how God's going to turn it around. So, Dr. Buckner, you about ready to uh, go to the phone calls? Yes. Yes, let's do that, Brother Gary. Okay, I believe we have Brother Rick on uh, line one. Brother Rick, how are yeah. you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourselves? Well, we're truly blessed. Appreciate your patience and uh, always your question as well. What's what's on your heart tonight? Um, in the book of Hebrews, what what passage in the book of Hebrews uh, emphasizes that we are under under grace over law? 
Well, that's a very good uh, question. Uh, pretty much uh, the, the whole book is uh, pointing to Jesus Christ, uh, who is uh, the better one. It uses the word better throughout, uh, better than Moses, better than Aaron, and all of the priests, and better than the tabernacle, better than the old covenant. Uh, and so uh, if somebody does an exegetical study of the word better, you see that that points to one perspective of that. But I think the the main key uh, scripture on this would be um, uh, Hebrews uh, 8 and verse uh, 13. Uh, if you have your Bibles, we want to encourage you to look at Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 13. Uh, there, the writer of Hebrews talks about, uh, there, let me read it to those who are listening. It says in Hebrews 8 and verse 13, in that he saith a new covenant, he has made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxes old is ready to vanish away. Uh, in the Greek, it's, uh, it's obsolete. That's what the Greek word for vanish away, obsolete, no longer for today. So this is really a powerful verse of scripture that uh, most Christians should be really aware of and use it against people who are into Sabbatarianism or into the old covenant, into tradition and rituals. Um, because it, it says in verse 13, a new covenant. So we're not under the old covenant of uh, Moses and the law and the, the priests and all of them. Uh, and we're under a new covenant. And that's what Jesus Christ now, he has made the first old. So the writer of Hebrews says he's made the first covenant old. And then he gets into it's decayed. It is uh, waste. It is uh, waxed old is ready to vanish away. Why? Because a new covenant is today. Jesus brought in a new covenant. And that's why he said uh, when they were trying to get him to, you know, get the people to keep the law and all of that. They were asking Jesus, what is the greatest law? What is the greatest commandment? And uh, Jesus said, uh, he didn't mention anything about uh, Moses or the 16, uh, 613 laws of the uh, Mosaic law. He simply said, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two hang all the laws and the prophets. So what's happening here is that the new covenant covers God's love and the way that we uh, keep his commandments today, uh, as it tells us in, uh, uh, what is it, Romans, in the book of Romans, it talks about how, uh, you know, love is uh, the, the fulfillment of the law. So love is the thing that fulfills everything uh, today, and we do it by love. But the old covenant is vanished away, it's done away with. And now there's a new covenant. And this is a powerful verse of scripture to share with people who, uh, you know, try to get you back into that old covenant thing. Does that help out, Brother Rick? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. There's some things where Jesus was saying to get a new covenant. Yes. Yes. Very few people when they are talking to uh, people who are trying to bring you back into the uh, Old Testament stuff, they very seldom read from this scripture here, uh, Hebrews 8 and verse 13. Uh, and it's a very powerful scripture that uh, we should uh, know, should apply, and, and, and use it uh, when people are trying to bring us back into all of those uh, old covenant themes and it's very important uh, that we be on our game with this and communicate it because we're under a new covenant now we need to live under that new covenant be obedient and under that new covenant which is jesus and love is at the at the heart of it that's the thing that we should uh, be doing 
Uh, and do do you have any prayer requests, Brother Rick? Uh, any special prayer requests? Just uh, help me help me keep adjusting to the uh, new place. Uh huh. Okay. And how about your how about your health? Have, have any uh, prayer requests mm-hmm. around your health? Just just continue to uh, help me be more consistent with my food. Our brother Gary to um, go ahead and uh, lead us in prayer on that. Yes. All right. So, Brother Rick, we just always appreciate you and we are always encouraged by your call. And so we thank you so much for the many years of uh, partnering with us and being part of contending for the faith. So, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick. We thank you for all that you've done in his life, Lord God. We thank you for what you're going to continue to do because as long as you have him on planet Earth, Lord God, we know that you're going to use him mightily to touch others, Lord God, to be to bear witness, to make phone calls, to do whatever it takes to proclaim the gospel, Lord God. And so, Lord God, we pray that you help him to continue to adjust to his new location. We pray, Lord God, that you help him to be consistent with his diet, consistent and uh, under self-control, Lord God, as far as his food is concerned, Lord God, we pray for, Lord God, your strengthening of his body, Lord God. He's been through so much, Lord God, but yet we just thank you that he's always positive. He's got a good attitude, Lord God, and we just pray that you continue to uplift Brother Rick, continue to pour into his spirit, Lord God, with your power and your spirit. We pray, Lord God, that you would use him mightily and bless them to be encouraged, and bless them to be an encourager. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Brother Rick. I just want to say one thing. It's ironic in Deuteronomy 6. It tells us to love the Lord with all heart, also all our mind. Leviticus 17, 18 tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Uh-huh. So, so the, new, the new covenant is uh, very right within the old covenant. And basically that's the spirit mm-hmm. that God wanted us to have in the first place. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's just, that's so true. Uh, Gary, you have anything you want to add to that? Uh, no, you know, we just all have to pray to watch our diet too <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you brother Rick <laughs> to be consistent and to do the right things to to keep our temples right someone once said if you're going to do better you gotta do different and sometimes we have to make a change and change what we do change what we eat change our pattern so that we can do better and so we ask the Lord to give us the strength to do that and so I, I appreciate your prayer requests and I'm, I'm right there with you brother <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that Alright brother Rick we appreciate your call and always your good questions as well God bless you brother Alright so we uh, brother Alfred uh offer a question that he wants or actually two questions uh, that he would take the answer off the air his first one is are there different degrees of hell Mm -hmm. and the second question is does God chastise unbelievers well that's a very that's a very good question uh, brother Alfred uh, you always have some good questions, and we really appreciate also your patience as well. Well, Jesus uh, spoke uh, regarding uh, this situation, uh, and uh, I think the, the Jesus uh, speaking on this uh, covered uh, both issues because in the gospel, in a, in a, in a, in a variety of the gospels, uh, and you can do a good word study on this too, and 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 look at the word beaten. And so uh, you have where Jesus had mentioned, uh, "He that knoweth God's will." 
and doeth not. Uh, he that knoweth God's will and doeth not will be beaten with many stripes. And he that knoweth not God's will will be beaten with fewer. So this is basically uh, this is basically uh, alluding to that uh, point there in terms of that issue, uh, because uh, it's, it's very important for us to uh, check that out. So this, the, the, just do a word study on the word beaten in your commentary uh, or your Bible dictionary. And uh, when you do that, you'll find that Jesus and, and a variety of the Gospels talk about, you know, he that knoweth God's will and doeth not will be beaten with many stripes. He that knoweth not God's will will be beaten with fewer. So uh, I think that's very important for us to understand that in the light of, of this. And I, I believe that that is, let me uh, just uh, look at Luke, go in the gospel at Luke uh, chapter 12, I believe. Let me, Luke chapter 12. Because sometimes people may have a difficult time finding it. In Luke chapter 12, and uh, and I want to say, you know, verse 47. So, Alfred, if you, if you have your Bible and you're uh, there with your Bible, you can look at Luke chapter 12 and verse 47. And Jesus says, And that servant which knew his Lord's will. In other words, he knows what the will of God is. He uh, knows what God is expecting of him. You know, uh, it says that uh, the one that knows the Lord's will and prepare not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with fewer stripes. Uh, for for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall much be required and to men have committed much of him that shall ask the more so in other words this answers your question from both perspectives this is not only talking about God uh, chastening uh, chastising the believers but also unbelievers, those that do not know the will of God. And then it's also emphasizing that there's different levels uh, of punishment, you know. And, and, and also, I would interject in here rewards as well, because those that don't know, when it gets into those who know the will of God, you know, they will be beaten uh, with... Uh, uh, fewer, but those who, you know, so in other words, he that servant was knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself and did according to his will, uh, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. In other words, the one that knows the will of God is going to be beaten more severely because they know better. They know what they're supposed to do. But the unbeliever will be still, he won't get off the hook neither. She won't get off the hook. They're going to be, be beaten as well. So this emphasizes levels too. So it's levels of, of punishment, you know. And I think this is also emphasizes the area of uh, hell as well. It can be interjected there, not so much with the believer, but with the unbeliever. But Jesus is simply emphasizing levels here, you know, and levels of punishment, uh, greater and, and, and lesser. And this is carries over to punishment. I think a person like Hitler that did what he that did what he did, you know, he knew better than what he was doing, you know, and he claimed he, he even claimed uh, to believe in God at times, even though he believed in uh, you know Marxism, believed in evolutionism and Darwinism. You know, he also tried to say sometime he was a believer. But his punishment in hell is going to be a much more severe than the average person that just goes to church or, uh, I mean, don't go to church and just go to work as a family person. Uh, you know, he 
you know, try to live by the good golden rule to do unto others if you have them do unto you. Uh, but it uh, doesn't interject the other one with loving God with everything and obeying him. So this is what we're talking about from this verse of scripture. Uh, and it's a pretty, pretty powerful point. Uh, Gary, you want to add anything to this as well? Well, I think that, you know, it's important to realize that God is not mocked. Whatever person reaps, they will sow. And so, you know, you, you can't get away with it no matter who you are. Uh, God is not mocked. So everybody is going to receive their their due judgment. Either you'll pay now or you'll pay later, <laughs> but you will pay. So I believe that, that, will, that kind of covers it. Yes, absolutely. Well, hopefully, uh, Brother Alfred, that has been uh, very uh, helpful to you and will uh, give you some uh, answers around that particular a verse of scripture. So study that thoroughly, look at it, and be blessed by it. Or we right. want to be. Yes, yes. time to take a commercial break right now. All right. So our phone lines are open. We want to give you a call. We want you to give us a call. We would love to call you too, but we don't have your numbers. But you got, I'm going to give you ours. So here it is 1 888 F O R K M A X. It's 1 888-367-5329. So don't be shy. We're going to be on the air tonight till 8.30 because of the little mix-up we had the first half hour. So you still have time. Amazing. So give us a call. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. If you have questions for Dr. Buckner tonight, we're here for the next half hour to entertain those questions and comments. So give us a call. Again, the number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay. If you have questions about your faith in Christ, theology, doctrine, or the cults, call us now, 888-FOR-KFAX. That's 888-367-5329. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith. And if you're listening now and kind of surprised that we're still on the air, well, so are we. It's been an interesting night, but, you know, the Lord always has the last say. We had a little mix-up at the front hour of the program, and God has blessed us to be able to stay on an extra half hour tonight. So we'll be with you until 8.30. So you, basically what that means is you still have plenty of time to give us a call. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. So don't be shy. Give us a call. Maybe you've not tuned in to contending for the faith before because we were on from seven to eight but here you are right now and you're getting a little dose of contending for the faith we are uh, you know an apologetic broadcast uh, dedicated to give you reasons and answers for your faith so if you have questions about your faith questions about things that are going on maybe in your church or even in our world today burning questions that you need answers from a biblical perspective. Well, we're happy because we have Dr. Buckner, and he's a uh, Bay Area pastor, professor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults. And so he's our Bay Area theologian. And you got an opportunity tonight to call a uh, theologian and ask your questions. And so we we'll take advantage of that. Again, the number is one eight 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 three six seven five three two nine. And we always like to thank those of you who have been listening to Contending for the Faith for a long time. Uh, if you're new to the broadcast, we've been on about 20 years now. It's a listener-supported ministry, and we just thank you, uh, our, our uh, faithful listeners, our faithful prayer warriors who are standing in the gap for our ministry and keeping us keeping us going, keeping us on the air by their prayers and keeping us going by uh, partnering with us through their financial giving. There's two ways that you can donate to Contending for the Faith. One, you can address a, a check or money or contending for the faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. <clears throat> That's contending for the faith, Post Office Box 553. Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much simpler. Just go online 
to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Well, Dr. Butler, I think we have a new caller. I believe her name is Susan and she's on the line. So let's uh, see if we can address her questions. Hello, Susan. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. I'm just really thrilled to find your um, station. Um, I found it a few months ago, and I was really in shock that you're right here in Marin County in Tiburon, and I was just really excited to hear that there's a live radio, Christian radio station that's coming from this county. Um, It kind of amazed me. I'm originally from the Oakland Hills, and I moved over to Marin at the end of 79, so I've been over here quite a while. Um, and I found the Lord here by a church at the open door, but I snuck back over to the Catholic Church for years and years until COVID. And then I said, they're acting really stupid, and I was ashamed. And so I started looking around, and now I go to... Um, a good Bible-based church victory Christian center in the in the um, canal, um, and I'm I'm really blessed by that ministry. Um, but what the reason I'm calling um, tonight is that I was excited to hear as Dr. Buckner was saying that um, I mean he only he said there will be seven storms, but I I only caught two, but. Um, my pastor seems to insist that, that the Lord never sends any storms. And I've kind of wondered about that because um, I, I, I wasn't just so sure that that, that, was, that was the case. And um, uh, there is one Old Testament story with Ruth and the mother-in-law, I guess, when she came back home and she said that the Lord had chastised her. Um, but when I ran that past some, some kind of elders in the church, that they, they don't agree that, that that was really sent by God, that she, that's a specific story. But um, anyway, I just think that maybe the Lord does do some stuff to uh, chastise us just like a, a good father would, so... Yeah, well, you you uh, bringing out some very good points, and uh, first of all, thank you so much for calling and your encouraging words. It means a lot to um, us, and uh, and we just appreciate your question as well. Um, well, uh, yes, uh, this is going to be a long series on uh, the different storms that God allows in our life, and God does allow storms in our life, and I think a classic case of this would be in Matthew chapter 8 and verses 23 to 27, when the disciples got on the Sea of Galilee, uh, it was not anything that they uh, created, uh, because there are some storms that we create, like, for instance, I taught on tonight with Jonah, he created that storm. God had nothing to do with it, but God came in and uh, took him to the woodshed around it. But when you're talking about uh, Matthew chapter 8, where uh, the disciples uh, on uh, on many occasions, well, in many parts of the gospel, this gospel gives an account of, uh, of the disciples in the midst of a storm uh, throughout the various gospels. And Jesus, uh, on uh, several occasions, says, let's go over to the other side. He tells them that uh, before they get in the boat. And when they get into the boat, they are caught right in the middle of a storm, and they are being tested by the Lord Jesus. And in in the midst of the the test, uh, Jesus was asleep and when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him, were you really asleep or were you peeking? Because he ended up uh, saying, oh, ye of little faith, because they had seen all of the different blessings of God, the miracles, the turning water into wine. They saw him healing the sick and raising the dead and, uh, you know, all these miracles and uh, the feeding of the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish, the greatest fish and chips that ever took place in the history of the world. And they saw all these miracles, and Jesus right now puts them right in the middle 
of a storm on the Sea of Galilee to test their faith, to, to literally see how they're going to respond because they uh, responded as weak men. They were panicking and Jesus was testing their faith. And he said, oh, ye of little faith. And then they got, he got up and he spoke to the winds and the sea and said, peace be still. And then they cried out, what manner of man is this? See, because Jesus was teaching them not only to strengthen their faith in the storm, but he was teaching them also the lessons of the fact that they had a hard time believing that he was God and man. They got up and said, oh, what manner of man is this? Well, after he, you know, fed the 5,000 five loaves of bread and two fish and Kill the sick and raise the dead. That should make them say, "This is this is God. This man is not just a man; he's God." And then, uh, but they didn't believe that he was God until after the resurrection. Even Thomas had a hard time after the resurrection. In John chapter twenty, uh, Thomas said, "Unless I shall see in his hands a nail print and put it in, you know, his hands and then his feet, the side, I will not believe." And then, when he saw the resurrected Lord. He says in Greek, O kurios mo, ko theos mo, the Lord of me, the very God of me. He recognized that he was God. And what Jesus was trying to teach him all along, that he's not just a mere man, he's God. And he was teaching these storm lessons. And uh, I beg the difference from your pastors. Um, uh, I think that they mean well, but the reality check is that he not only puts put the disciples on a storm, but he puts us in a storm. And then when you put together uh, Romans 8 and 28, where it says, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Well, if you say if you say all things work together to good for good, doesn't that include storms too? <laughs> so so uh, I think that it's very important that we uh, be taught uh, well the truth of Scripture and what God is doing. And the good thing that you're doing is that you found a good connection with Continuing for the Faith with Dr. Blackner, and, and it's good that you're calling in and asking these questions because it's good to bounce them off because not not every one pastor have all the answers. And a lot of pastors are pastors. I'm a pastor and a professor and theologian, so I, I get into a lot of things on a professorship level, not to say that pastors don't. But uh, I believe that storms are in our life for a purpose. And mm-hmm. it's there to get us to the place where we're mature, we're growing, and our faith in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, then so I'm in the right place. <laughs> You're what now? I'm in the right place. I've been in the storm like, I guess, everybody else for the last three and a half years. Oh, yes. And the the beauty of it is that just like he calmed the storm with the disciples, he will calm the storm in your life as well. And he's in control of the storm. That's why the disciples, Lord, do you uh, care that we perish? And Jesus got up and spoke to the winds and sea and beckoned them to be quiet. And every storm in your life, he's in control, too. And he can beckon them to be quiet and always remember he's in control but we also remember Romans 8 28 all things work together for good to them that love God to them that are called according to his purpose it doesn't that include a storm it says all things that means storms included so in John 15 3 Jesus himself says I told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble but take heart or come. So Jesus himself said, hey, there's going to be some stuff to deal with. Storms are going to be is, you know, part of this reality. But he says, be of good cheer. Take heart. I've overcome the world. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hopefully we've been able to help you out with your question. And don't yeah. make this the last time. Is this your first time calling us? Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, I've just got on you but I don't know maybe it's been um, eight or nine times and um, yeah so but I'm always really blessed it's just very I can really hear and 
understand and it makes me feel like wow it's just very uh satisfying because maybe it's the 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 level that you you come from and and then i talked to my friend she goes oh yeah i used to listen to them all the time i go well i never knew anything and so i'm glad you're still on <laughs> oh yes i'm really Amen. glad yeah. Well, you yeah. you have encouraged us and blessed us and get some people out there to pray for us and support us. Uh, Gary will tell you how to do that so we can continue to do what we're doing. And do you have any particular prayer requests that we can pray for you before we end our program? We're getting close to ending our program. Oh, uh, thank again. you. Yes. Yes. Well, um, maybe a prayer of thanksgiving for the Lord. Um Sending me some storms I'm in. I've got a son that is on the verge of possibly doing a a recovery program back in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He was he's been in prison for a DUI, but he's uh, kind of on the verge of maybe having some faith in his life, and he wants to make a change. And he's not he's reading Nietzsche or whoever with this guy is that's pretty anti gospel for sure right now. But um, I just want to lift him up for his next step um, in his life. He's 27, and um, and just thank God uh, for him. His name is Sean. Sean Quinn. Yeah, S D A N. Sean. Yeah, and uh, I, I feel that God really has a call on him because he's he's had a, it's been a tough tough life for him. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes uh, the the part of the storm is. Uh, allowing uh, us to hit rock bottom. I have a saying that goes like this. Sometimes God allows you to hit rock bottom so you will discover that Jesus is the rock at the bottom. And when you discover that Jesus is the rock at the bottom, he brings you from the bottom to the top. And uh, man's extremity is God's opportunity. And so, and C.S. Lewis made it so plain when he said uh, that, God whispers to us in our pleasures, and he shouts at us in our pain. And that's a storm your son is going through. But in the midst of it, God is uh, starting to gradually get his attention. So uh, we're going to pray for him right now and ask Brother Gary to do that uh, and pray for you as well. And that uh, you will continue to grow strong in your storm and that you'll uh, continue to tell others about continuing for the faith and pray for us and Support us out there. Get a team of people supporting us to continue to stay on the air. Brother Gary. Yes, Louise, thank you for Susan tonight. We thank you for her questions. We thank you, Lord God, for leading her to continue for the faith. And we pray for her son, Lord God, that you would uh, minister to his life, Lord God, that you, Lord God, would bring people and surround him with people who will share Christ with him, who will share love upon him, that will lead him to the right place, the right church, the right programs where he can get uh, help that he needs, Lord God. We pray for healing in his life, Lord God. And we thank you for Susan. We pray, Lord God, as a mom, it's very tough to see her child go through these storms and struggles. But, Lord God, we pray, Lord God, that she would turn her eyes toward you and recognize, Lord God, that you, uh, uh, your word says, be of good cheer because you've overcome the world. You've overcome the storms in our life. You've overcome all the obstacles because you're God Almighty. And we thank you tonight that we can stand upon your word tonight because your words are true and everything you, you, you say is yes and amen. And so we thank you for your promises. We thank you for your goodness. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to meet every need that's represented in Susan's life right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Susan, God bless you. you. And it's so good to hear from you. And we can see why uh, the enemy tried to, uh, you know, disrupt this program. Because there's people like you that are calling in and with so many encouraging words and good questions. And the enemy don't like it, but he's always, I always yeah. say Satan is a defeated foe, and whatever he intends mm-hmm. for evil, God brings good. And he's brought a lot mm-hmm. of good out of this program tonight. So God bless you and keep you, and we hope that you uh, call back uh, in again soon. God will. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Come again with some more good questions. Amen. Amen. All right. We've got a few minutes. We're going to take uh, Jermaine. Hey, Brother Jermaine. Hello. How you doing, brother? 
Oh, good, good. Just uh, been in prayers like some spiritual warfare tonight. <laughs> oh, my brother, you, you're not you not only knocked a home run, but you knocked it out of the ballpark with that. <laughs> what, what's right. what's on your heart so we can do justice to your question? You got about two minutes, Jermaine. So, okay, I'll give the quick version. But um, I, I did see the the end result of uh, God using bad for good. I got to hear a new caller, and that brings me to my question. How can you tell the difference between when God's the one sending the storm versus Satan sending the storm? Mm-hmm. You you want to know the difference? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe you can break yes. that down real quick for people. Yes, absolutely. That's a good question. Well, most of the time, uh, we'll know that God is is sending the storm when we are faithful and we are committed. Because God is is sending storms to as the potter and we're the clay, and He's constantly molding us and breaking us to remake us. So storms come in our life daily because He's trying to get us to grow on a higher level. But with the uh, unbelievers and people that 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 uh, not following God, storms come like Jonah when they're not doing what God called them to do. So. Most of the time, you can detect it by being in the will of God and not being in the will of God. So when you're in the will of God, you know, God still sends them, but you know that it's trying to build you up on a greater level. Because if you think in your mind and say, you know what, I've been really living a pure, holy life, so why is this happening to me? Well, it's because of God trying to help me to grow. But if a person is not paying their ta- they're paying their taxes not paying their bills, person living in sexual immorality and catching diseases and all that stuff, those are storms that we create that we create. We create a lot of that stuff. We go to go to jail, you can't blame it on God. It's living a wicked life that brings storms in our life with unbelievers and people, even if a Christian falls away, like the prodigal son, right? Prodigal son, he was everything he hardly had that many storms when he was following God. But when he didn't follow God, he ended up in the pig's pen, and and he came to his senses and came back home. So hopefully, we'll develop with this some more next time because uh, hopefully, what I'm saying it helps out. All right, God bless. All right. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's very different broadcast, and we'd like to thank our engineer, Colin, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's uh, important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note and let us know how the program has blessed you. Please keep us in your prayers until next time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions uh, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 